Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the next edition of Myths and Stories. Tonight's episode is part two of the Book of Sorrows with your hosts, Mythborn and Zorialis. Take it away, fellas. Luckily, my inline mute works. (laughs) (laughs) So Zor has already broken down. Already already Uh, broken, like five seconds in. We're less than a minute in. Uh, so yes, this is, uh, part two of the books of sorrows. Uh, last, last time we, we covered basically kind of the, I I don't want to say the beginnings of the universe, but definitely the, the oldest, um, the oldest, oldest. yeah, no, not even the oldest, um, beginnings of the hive, the beginnings of the hive. That's, that's, that's a better, that's a better way to put it. Cause, cause the 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 beginning of destiny and the beginning of the universe and all that stuff that's all winnower and, and gardener so we're, we'll cover that some yep. other time uh but we talked about fundament and how there was the there was the warning to the to the king uh of the krill people uh or specifically that that sect of them the the osmium court um that all the planet all the moons around the planet fundament were going to line up and and create a giant swell and and kill everything and so then the there, there was this this whole deal about that, and and it, I, I, I am under the impression that it drove the king mad, um, but we never got to see the how mad he would get because one of his counselors convinced another sect of uh, of krill to attack and kill the entire royal family, uh, and so the three sisters escaped. Uh, the three sisters being Sarthona. Um, you're gonna have to help me with the other two. Uh, so they were Sathona, uh, Shiro, and Arash. And Arash, that's right. Um, and these three sisters, they drifted around the 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 world of Fundament for a while, and in their little makeshift boat. Um, for for and when I say a while, like it, it several years. Um, mm-hmm. uh, which for them is like half their life. Like I mean, these things, the the krill only live to like eight, nine, ten years old. Uh and yeah. for them for them to spend two years floating around fundament, like that's that's like that's a fourth of their life, right? So mm-hmm. uh that's they come deal. across they come across this ship uh uh which we've been calling or I think is referenced as being called the needle, uh mm-hmm. which uh Miss and I tried to find something or we found something similar to it in game uh that could possibly be the needle that they found or another variation of it, or maybe this was a fleet of needles and, and the one that crashed is, you know, long gone, but the ship that is in game, uh, could very well be the, the needle, you know? Uh, so they, they were trying to figure out what to do with this. Um, this ship, one of them wanted to, uh, sell the ship to make money so they could, you know, hire mercenaries and take back their court. Uh, another one wanted to use the ship to explore. And the third one wanted to defer to the other two because, Apparently, having a third opinion is a bad idea. Uh, <laughs> but all all of this is all of this uh, comes down to where we left off last time, where the three sisters are in the ship. They've decided to explore with it, uh, and and they are the the sisters. Uh, I don't remember who specifically possesses it, but one of them possesses the worm uh, carcass or, or or the worm um, that their father listened to that spoke to them that speaks to them. Um, and in my opinion, is literally driving them crazy. Uh, but it, it definitely speaks in that "oh, noun mine" syntax uh, that we know that the 
uh, Ahamkara and the Worm Gods use. Yep. Uh, so the one that has the this husk of a worm, this dead worm, familiar uh, is Sathona. Um, and she has very much been, ever since she picked this familiar up and started listening to it, uh, has very much been trying to steer her sisters in a particular direction uh, <clears throat> under the guidance of that familiar. So they had found this ship and they were trying to decide what to do with it. And, uh, Sathona was steering them towards Arash's, uh, I, I should say was playing off of Arash's want for exploration and for discovery. Uh, even though she knew that they could have sold the ship and had more money than they ever could have dreamed of. Um, which the way you word it there kind of makes me curious. Um, this this worm carcass is doing this in the same sense that an ahamkara would, right? Like this is very much a a like it's it's feeding off of this desire, right? Well, we don't know exactly what this familiar carcass is. Um, I don't True. know that it's ever been described as feeding. It certainly doesn't seem to be getting any more lively. They keep referring to it as dead. Um, that's that's true but it is very much steering them towards a particular goal uh which which we'll discover what that goal is um probably later in the episode today as we read on uh but it it has an it has an agenda it has an objective that it's trying to get these sisters to accomplish for it gotcha uh, for reasons we can speculate about later but are not truly known but so this brings us to uh, the start uh, of today's, which is going to be verse one seven of the Books of Sorrow, referred uh, called the dive. For life, Sathona dove. For vengeance, Shiro dove, and Arash dove to understand. The needle ship pierced the skin of the world and burrowed deep. Through layers of foam and metal and cold elemental slush, Arush devoured the ship's maps of fundament from the high angelic cloud decks, down and down through the storms and oceans and plates of the floating world, into the crush of the core. They met monsters of continental scope, vast anemones that raised glowing tentacles to bait them in. Shiro flew the needle ship through them, and they bled black carbon, jelly, and frost. They came to a still place beneath a plate of metal. I'll use the sensors, whispered Arash. Listen. In the wet gold dark of the helm, they listened to the ship. The ship listened to the crushing motions of fundament. They heard the collision of continents. They heard the patter and the crash of helium-neon rain. They heard the struggles of monsters, and they heard the distant groan of the ocean rising, tugged by distant moons. The syzygy is real, Sathona hissed. It's already begun. Behind them, Shiro thought of the birthing room, where ancient explorers had labored over surgeries and administrations, peeling back the chrysalis and the call of what, of that which they had made from the deep, whose birth none of them would survive. There's something down here, she whispered, something secret. 
and the Leviathan loomed over them, its brow as huge all the continents of their childhood, as huge as all the continents of their childhood, its great array fins crackling with the lightning of life, booming into the hull of the needle ship in a microwave voice. You must turn back. Save yourselves from the deep. Save the world from yourselves. You must turn back. So that's the end of that verse. And there's a couple things uh, that I want to highlight here. Um, so just to reiterate what we talked about uh, during the first episode, uh, the driving forces of these three sisters uh, ha- has always been what is now um, the feeding force of their worm. Right. Uh, so for vengeance, she, Shiro dro- dove. Shiro now, uh, Shivu Arath is, you know, the hive god of war for, for vengeance and wrath and, you know, military might. Uh, Arash dove to understand. Oryx was the hive god technically of knowledge and discovery. Just the way that they... You know, they still found, they discovered new things and learned new things, but they still obeyed the sword logic. Right. Now, this one is interesting, though. For life, Sathona dove. Now, I think based on the, the previous verse, which was 1 6, which was where we ended last time, Sathona was talking about. Uh, we have about to be, die. About becoming a, a a mother, right? Like that was. Well, she she had been talking about becoming a mother before, and we had theorized that uh, it was because she, um, you know, she she wanted to potentially have offspring. You know that, that yes. she had like that that maternal, uh, that kind of maternal instinct. I don't know that that's the case anymore. Um, or, or that it was ever the case, I think she wanted to become a mother purely because it meant she lived longer. Uh, yeah, no, because seeing... that, that's something that we talked about too, is, was that mm-hmm. by the nature of lived. being a... Yeah, by yeah, the nature of being a broodmother, that they live, they live longer than a standard krill. Yeah, and I, at the end of verse 1-6, from the end of last episode, um, Sathuna says, In the world beneath us, in the metallic depths, I hope we may find what we need most. More time, more life. And it starts with, For life, Sathuna dove. So I think her whole spiel, although we know her as the hive goddess of cunning and deception and which she does an amazing job at. Um, I think her driving force is purely just self-survival. It's purely just, she's just, just wanting to live longer, like afraid of death. I think so. I think that's really okay. what it is when it, you get down to it. That's, that's, that's an interesting thought. I'm going to put a pin in that for later. Yeah. Cause uh, we, we can maybe make some, some inferences uh, around what we know is happening in the game currently and in the near future, or what we speculate Absolutely. is happening in the near that's, future. That's, um, that is where my pen leads to. 
with that idea. So we'll we'll leave this, that for that, for that is bonus that is my conspiracy board, and I've put I've now pinned it, <laughs> put my little red line, and pinned it over there, and now this red 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 string over there now. Yeah, so I think that's that's worth revisiting, um, but we don't want to derail quite this early. Uh, <laughs> you fool! Other... What do you think this is? What? Who's by... So the I don't know where the you've been the last here... thirty episodes. <laughs> So let, let me say this. I don't think we want to derail on this subject right now because the next subject we are absolutely going to derail on. Um, and that is the subject of the Leviathan that speaks to them. Yes, uh, absolutely. So before we get into that, I want to read the beginning of the next verse because the Leviathan speech continues in that. Okay. Um, and then once we have everything the Leviathan says, we can we can dissect it. So real, real quick, uh, it, it, the Leviathan is talking to them right now. The Leviathan is talking to them right now, and we don't know what the Leviathan is. This is technically the first time it's been referenced uh, in Fundament. We just know that it is absolutely massive. Uh, you know, Its brow is huge as all the continents of their childhood. Uh, its great array fins crackling with the lightning of its life. So it is, is big. It's huge. Well, uh, and and we can make a lot of we can make a lot of kind of assumptions here too. How we talked about how the the mass of a gas giant has to be just just or the the sorry not the mass the the gravity of a gas giant has to just be insanely high. There's got like that thing has to be able to withstand immense pressures of this ocean. That when they when their father talked to him about it, like don't step off the edge of the edge of the continent or you're gonna die. You're literally just gonna fall forever until you die because that's that's just that's just the way the gravity is like it whether this be a sea of 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 um of methane or or whatever whatever the sea is made of whatever the liquid it is anything that falls in it is less dense than it so then sorry more dense so that so it will automatically start sinking to the bottom so whatever this leviathan thing is it's huge and it has a crazy amount of of um it can withstand a lot of pressure um, just from the ocean itself and the gravity of the of the uh, fundament of the gas giant. Yeah, um, I was trying to look up some information there uh, to see if I can get any kind of uh, exact info. Um, and I think we, I think we, in, we, in regards to gravity on on gas giants versus Earth, because I'm not, I'm not sure how they're. Uh, I just think of it like, like what is what is the gra- gravity of Jupiter compared to the gravity of Earth? Right, and I it may not like be we know that we know the Moon is point six, right? So whatever you, whatever you the gravity of the Moon is one is six tenths of of what 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 it is on Earth. So if you weigh a hundred pounds on Earth, you would weigh sixty pounds on the Moon. Right. Yeah. So if Ju- I I'm assuming Jupiter's got to be like I I I would think it'd be like like 6 times. You know, so if you weighed 100 pounds here on the Earth, you'd weigh 600 pounds on Jupiter. Well, and that's what I'm trying to find a source for. Um is exactly what is the gravity on on a gas giant compared to uh Earth because I I we're making a lot of assumptions based on that, and I want to know what the um, what the truth is. Uh, 
assuming that it exists anywhere, because I, I suppose this is all going to be um, theoretical, because I don't know if they have any way to accurately measure the gravitational force on any of those gas giants at current. Well, they, uh, they do. They absolutely do. Um, so from what I'm finding, um, based on its mass, diameter, and density, though you're right, we haven't really dove in, we haven't really dove into these gas giants. So these are, these are kind of just guesstimations on what it is. But from what I'm seeing, it looks like it's 2.4 times the, the gravity of Earth. Okay. Uh, so let's see here. Oops, sorry. Puppers being so puppers. I'm seeing a, a few pieces of info that are interesting. Um, they take Saturn. So Saturn has an equatorial gravity of 0.9 g. I'm assuming g in this case being should should be well one g is is gravity's Earth. Yeah, 1G is Earth's gravity. So, gravity. Th- yeah. so this would imply that it's actually a little less on Saturn. 0.9G. Um, versus, versus Jupiter. Well, let me see. What, so so I'm just doing just a, just Google searches here. So this the Google search I, I did well, here. Yeah. The gravity ratio of Earth to Jupiter. So let's do gravity ratio of Earth to Saturn. Uh, yeah, yeah. Basically, point nine is is what's wow. That's that's interesting to me to think that that Saturn, Saturn and Jupiter both being, being gas giants, Saturn having that much less gravity. So I guess it's it's and we we okay. So we know that gravity is a function, or yes, gravity is a function of mass. Uh, yeah. mass being the number of of molecules uh or mass being a measurement of molecules within a given space so if saturn has the same mass as earth just spaced out it would essentially you'd you'd weigh the same right presumably because you know and i guess that that's a thing i if we are under the assumption that Saturn, for example, uh, does not have or does not have a very large solid surface, something at uh, its core, something beneath then all the of, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm sure there is a core, uh, but it might be very, very small compared right. to the mass, compared to the, the, the rest, you know, the gas cloud that make up everything. So it could be very large, but not very dense, right? By comparison, which, you know, would I, I guess equates out to nearly the same gravitational forces as, as absolutely. Earth. So that's so that's that's kind of what I'm thinking here too. Then so we we truly don't have a, a real reference of what the gravity of this of this planet fundament would be because we don't have a measurement of mass for the planet. Right. Nor do we have a an indication of how big it is. Yeah. Um. You know, big enough, I guess, to have fifty plus moons. And uh, and and for another planet to smash into it, yeah, yeah. So, I I also don't know that when they were creating this planet, Bungie 
you know, went went to the the painstaking process of theorizing what a what a uh, purely liquid surfaced planet would be like in realistic I dimensions. I refuse to believe that Bungie is non scientifical. <laughs> I I think they are scientifical when it suits them. When it suits. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like that. I like that. I'm. That's yes. Yes. Uh, so, right? No, because video game. That's the because because we've completely game. derailed this entire episode of what not is in the, the way math. I was expecting either. Yeah. Right. Um, like, who even cares about this Leviathan? I'm so worried about the mass of this planet. Now, what's the what's the mass of how's what's the gravity of a gas giant? And so yeah. So the, so that's interesting to me to to think that like Saturn and Jupiter are probably the two biggest things in our solar system next to the sun itself like obviously the sun would be the most massive thing in our in our solar system and between the sun and jupiter that's where i'd i'd say i'd say a good 60 percent of the gravitational pull of our of our solar system comes from those two sources um and to think that jupiter is your jupiter is only 2.6 times the gravity or 2.4 times the gravity of earth but is like like the diameter of it is like 45 earths you know, so that's that to me says it's huge, but it's not very dense. Yeah. A lot of empty um, space in there. So all of this just is to say the Leviathan is fucking big. Yeah. <laughs> and that's all we really know. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> <laughs> we suck uh, at this. So I'm going to read the full warning from the Leviathan. Um, and then we can we can talk about it a little bit. So, uh, repeating. The end of 1-7 and the beginning of 1-8. You must turn back... Sorry, this this is the... This is verse 1-7 and 1-8. Okay, yeah. Yep, the end of verse 1-7, beginning of verse 1-8. Leviathan says to them, You must turn back, save yourselves from the deep. Save the world from yourselves. You must turn back. We live on the edge of a war, a war between formless and form, between the sky and the deep. My eyes are wide. My gaze is long. Across the universe, as far as I see, the sky works to change its fires, and the deep drowns the ash. Sky builds gentle places, safe for life. Beloved fundament, refuge of trillions the sky treasures this rich place but the deep is here with us cold logic tests our walls the deep claims its dominion a ruthless final age oh boy yeah i mean the the first two things that come to my mind is is deep in sky right like that's yeah we we yeah, we've um, talked about this in previous podcast of of what the deep is and 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 but the but the three sisters just have no idea right they, this is their first uh their first interaction with these concepts of yeah. of deep and sky and i this is a weird one because primarily in in the lore readings and my understanding is that the deep is a place is the place that the entity, the darkness came from or resides in. Uh, And the sky is the, the exact same thing. The sky is a place uh, 
where the uh, light, the entity, um, you know, the gardener, I was going to say, uh, the, came the only, from and resides. The only reference we have, like we have tons of references to the deep and the darkness and and the 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 darkness, the entity, um, but very little references of what entity is the light like truly the gardener is is that's that's kind of it yeah we don't have a ton um there there are bits and pieces here and there uh but yeah not not in the same way that we have stuff referencing the deep um I, it it could still be true, you know. Reading this entry, um, it could be speaking the the Leviathan. We could read this two ways. We could read this as the Leviathan saying the deep and the sky as if they are the entities. Maybe it's just a, another name, you know, similar to how darkness is used for the force as well as for the entity. Maybe deep is just another reference to the entity or also the place. Um, yep. Same thing with the sky. Or we could be reading this, uh, whereas the Leviathan is still referencing these as places, but in the same way that um, is, is personifying them in the same way that we would reference like a country as a place, but the country okay. can still do something. Yeah. Sure. Um, you know, so now, now here's a question in the, in the books themselves, does it is is deep and sky capitalized? Yes, in this so, entire passage I just read, anytime it says deep or sky, they're capitalized. So it's definitely thinking of them as as a as a proper noun place. Like it's not it's not it's it's definitely not referencing deep and sky as in like deep within the planet and sky being up above the planet. Like it's no, it's they're not, definitely proper nouns. Yeah. Um, now is it referring to those proper nouns as a place or is it referring to those proper nouns as, uh, as a, as a thing yeah. as names? Um, Interesting. yeah, so I'm, because I think it fits better with the other things in the universe, or at least for, from my perspective, I'm reading this as proper nouns, the place I'm reading, you know, uh, this is we are on the edge of a war between the deep and the sky, the same way that someone would read, you know. Uh, I'm trying to think of how not to be political here. Um, <laughs> There's no way to be like, like, uh, like on the edge of a war between like Russia and the U.S. or or China and Russia yeah. or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Same thing. You are not referring. You know, the U.S. is not a literal person, but you are personifying the place because that place is doing a thing. Sure, if that makes sense. No, that's that's um, yeah. No, that's exactly yeah. I like I like that explanation of it. So that's how I'm choosing to read this passage. Uh, okay. And when we do that, so the the first thing I think the first four lines that the Leviathan says, um, or the first six lines, I guess that the Leviathan says are very important. You must turn back, save yourselves from the deep, save the world from yourselves. You must turn back. So the Leviathan is telling them, hey, you're diving in this needle ship. The deep is down there. You know, save yourselves from being exposed to the deep. Uh, 
and seems to know what's going to happen to some degree if they meet with the deep because he says uh, save the world from yourselves yeah that part is the one that that that's kind of got me intrigued and 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 i guess a little confused i mean we we could say that by nature of them going down to find you know go if they have this familiar that's guiding them the leviathan may not know they have this familiar but it it would maybe be able to guess that by the fact that they are on a direct course to the deep, the, the right. things that live in the deep, that clearly something is drawing them there. And that if something is drawing them there, it is with the intention of using them for the benefit of the deep. So uh, this is very much causality. Yeah. The, the Leviathan is seeing a cause a, a casual ca- casual 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 i'm gonna use casual because that word sounds cool i don't even know if it's a real word <laughs> i don't care i'm using it Is series that... of events uh i google ask google google knows everything <laughs> uh so so this leviathan is seeing this could be seeing this as a casual set of events saying that you know save the planet from your from you the sisters because you, the sisters, are going to be exposed to the deep, and the deep is going to do this, and so, so it's 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 almost like it's trying to, it it, it sees a, a series of events happening, but it has no way of guaranteeing that events. But it's 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 truly under the impression that these are the events that are going to pass. Yeah. Um. Yes, I I think it sees any meeting of the deep, and the, anything the denizens of this planet or or with anything from outside uh as only being a negative thing and only having repercussions on this world as a whole which genuinely uh, which to me brings up another couple of points too a is leviathan a type of guard is it is it some sort of um anti-darkness thing saying you know anything that comes down here needs to turn back like is is it actively trying is it is it something that was put there by the light to say hey darkness resides at the center of this planet do not pass go do not pass leviathan do not do not do anything to collect two hundred dollars yeah do not collect two hundred ahab carbones uh (laughs) my impression is that it is a third party that is completely completely outside of both light and dark because it, it says we live on the edge of a war, a war between formless and form, between the deep and the sky. It, it's not saying like my enemy or our enemy is down there and you should be afraid of it. It's saying, yeah, it's saying like, hey, this conflict is happening outside of us and you do not want to, you know, that they're the bad side of this you, conflict. You, you don't want to pick a and and it's and it's interesting that that even in that even in that reference that it is it is directly saying that that is a bad side like it, or 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 is it well i suppose it it doesn't um outside of it saying save yourselves from the deep uh it doesn't necessarily paint one as good and one as bad cuz all it says is uh, across the across the universe as far as i see the sky works to charge its fires and the deep drowns the ash. 
Sky builds gentle places, safe for life. Uh, cold logic tests our walls. The deep claims its dominion. So it's not necessarily saying like, these are the good guys. These are the bad guys, but it is painting them as very opposing forces to each other. Interesting. Um, it's it's interesting to me that it that it that it isn't painting them as the, as good or bad because you know we as we as the player and we as guardians have always looked at it, oh well you know dark's bad light's good and until Eris Morn and the and and uh, um, the Exo Stranger start questioning that like have us start actively questioning that logic of mm-hmm. well is 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 one side good is one side bad or is all of this just you know a a, a war that we're stuck in the middle of type thing. And I find this line interesting. Um, So Leviathan states, the sky builds gentle places safe for life. Beloved fundament, refuge of trillions. The sky treasures this rich place. Uh, I wonder if, so if if I were to to infer some things from this, the first thing I wonder is if the sky has literally built fundament and maybe the planet that crashed into Fundament didn't just randomly crash. Perhaps it was a planet that was being devoured or being ended in some way by the dark. And its crash course was the sky's way of allowing the species to survive by putting it in its little planetary sanctuary, essentially. Well, now this, this raises another question. Is Fundament a prison? Well, prison or refuge, because the, the Leviathan says beloved fundament refuge of trillions makes it sound like it's it's a place where people are fleeing to, where where things are escaping to, um, to take refuge from something. Uh, so, now on a cosmic scale, maybe they don't even know that that's what's happening. Maybe the right. sky is saying your species is going to end, but I want to preserve you in this place called fundament. Interesting. And on that note, perhaps the Leviathan itself, if it truly is a third party to all of this, but just very, very old and very wise, uh, is one of those refugees. Now there's a thought. So that's, that's, that's more what, what, so I, I don't want to ruin the big surprise, but obviously there's (laughs) something down there. Um, And that was where my curiosity was, is this a prison for that thing down there creating a separation from the refugees on the surface to the prisoner at the core? Well, and one thing that I would wonder is if if this was a place built by the sky. Why would they why would the refuge also be the same place where the prison that wants to kill everything is? Hide something in plain sight. Maybe so. Um, I also wonder if, you know, the sky built this place and then the the deep still found its way in. That's, uh, yeah, no, absolutely. But I'm I'm kind of under the opinion from reading this, and that there's plenty more from the Leviathan as we go on. Um I th- I think the Leviathan is a third party outside the deep in the sky, outside the light in the dark, and is just a very old entity that has an understanding and 
has taken refuge on fundament to get away from the deep. And, and that's where it, and that's where it's fear of it comes from. And it may not necessarily be a prison guard per se, but it at least uh, is trying to steer other, you know, other denizens of the planet Season away races. from getting tangled yeah. in this. Yeah, no, I, I like that's, that. I like that thought. That's, that's my vibe at the moment. We'll see if that changes as we as we read more. Well, let's hit um, the let's hit the next verse then. Yeah. So uh, Leviathan says all this, and Arash protests. Old Leviathan, creature of myth, this world is no refuge. We live short, hard lives. We die in the dark. The storm above us will never end, and soon the god wave will take us all. Above us, there are no storm joys, monsters. There are only storm joys, monsters, and moons of apocalypse. Let us go down, down where we may discover the truth, some power to avenge ourselves upon our betrayers, and some hope of survival. The Leviathan answers. So that they're just rebutting, like, no, this place really sucks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> We, well, I mean, they're talking about have... the God wave. That's the whole syzygy thing. That's where all the moons yeah. line up and, and it creates this tidal, like all the gravitational forces are all in line and it pulls the, the, all the oceans in one direction. And then as soon as they become out of alignment, it, it that gravity, I mean, it, it, that energy has to go somewhere. So it just releases itself into a tidal wave that literally kills or would kill everything on the planet. Uh, similar to what we saw happen on Titan. We talked about that. Um, so yeah, it's, it, the sisters are very much like, nah, this, that up there sucks. I'm not, yeah. we're not dealing with that. We're trying to find a way to a get away from that and B avenge our family. Like the whole, um, uh, the whole, uh, uh, what was it? Something, something about the betrayer. Yeah. So, uh, the, I'm, I'm going to have, I forget the name now. Uh, it was in last week's episode, um, yeah. and I'm sure it might come up again this week. Uh, but the there was the sterile mother of the Osmium Court that betrayed uh, the betrayed the Osmium royalty um, to the Helium Drinker. Helium Drinkers. Uh, that's, faction. that's what I was thinking of. Yep. Yeah. So they they want to seek vengeance on the Helium Drinkers, and as well as that that mother who, whose name escapes me at the moment. Um, it never starts with a T, I think. Yeah, it's like ta- Taoist or Tawix, something like that. Tawix. Uh, so yeah, they they want to get vengeance on both of those groups um, for for putting them in the situation they're in and, and for killing their father and, and all that good stuff. And I, uh, I, but I, for some reason, just yeah. now, it hit me that when they say helium drinker, helium as the element. Presumably, yeah. Like, like, I don't, I don't know why that this, I don't know why that had any relevance on anything. But for some reason, that just hit me that they're talking about a an entity that drinks helium. They have a whole lot of balloons and host a whole lot of parties and all talk in very high squeaky voices. That's why no <laughs> one can stand them. <laughs> it's just, it's just a whole continent of me. <laughs> That's all it is. <laughs> That's canon now. You realize that now, right? Like that's that's the whole reason their island stays afloat is it's attached by all the balloons, and they just there keep they they had to take over another island because they kept 
drinking all the helium from all their balloons. No, 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 damn it. <laughs> and for anyone that hasn't watched the movie Up, there's your spoiler. Oh, shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, shit. Gotcha. Uh, <laughs> but, but <laughs> let's try and steer ourselves back here. Um, so, yeah. The Leviathan says, "Hey, don't go down there. It's bad. it's bad news. This is this is a refuge, you know, from to refuge from this war." Um, and they're like, "Yeah, it's not so great here. This is no refuge. We we want power to, you know, defend and avenge." Yeah. And the Leviathan answers, "What power calls you down to the deep?" What instinct draws you away from high hope? Quick breeding krill people, I tell you, for eons I have watched your struggle, clinging to the sharp edge of survival, balanced between the deep and the sky. You were my treasure, my proof against despair. For this is the deep claim. Existence is the struggle to exist. When the struggle seems lost, when the safe place crumbles, Everything turns to the deep to survive. I reject the deep claim. You will turn back, sweet krill of hope. You will choose the sky instead. Interesting. So the Leviathan is, um, again, I think is the third party. Yeah, uh, no, I, I, yeah. I don't see it as being as one side or the other. It, it definitely sees the light in it. And it, and it still doesn't paint it as a good or a bad, but it definitely no. sees the, the, the sky as the better option of the two. Um, yes, it, it prefers the sky over the deep. And what I find very interesting here and very relevant to the Witch Queen, for eons I have watched your struggle clinging to the sharp edge of survival balanced between the deep and the sky. This seems to insinuate to me that the krill people in their current form are able to wield either the deep or the sky. Oh shit. Which is pretty similar to another little race we know of called humanity. Interesting. So that may lead to why interesting, interesting. Um, Okay. That may lead to why in the Witch Queen trailer, Hive are wielding light because they may be the first race that was capable of wielding either. Interesting. But they made a choice by becoming the Hive uh, to align and wield the power of the deep darkness. Right. Uh, whereas we were not really given a choice. We were just kind of revived and had it. <laughs> it's interesting to me that, that like, and, and I don't know, I don't know necessarily that the, that the hive were given a choice that, that it's just the three sisters. Well, and, and we're getting there too. We're, we're kind of jumping ahead of ourselves in the story. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, the, yeah, that's, that's an interesting, the, the three sisters had a choice, I should say. Ooh. Um, they could have turned back. They could have they could not have. dove. They could. They could I, have. The, they could have heeded the uh, warning of the Leviathan and said, "They could have listened you know to the Leviathan." This shit ain't worth it. Uh, maybe. Maybe it is better up there to just 
that because that one line the the what is it the the line of existence again read that one too existence is the struggle to exist when the struggle seems lost when the safe place crumbles everything turns to the deep to survive so to uh, me that that straight up says like any anything the whole idea of living is being alive and and therefore once that idea of being alive becomes a failure point or something is reaching is reaching the end of its life it looks for a way to say nah i want to keep going and and find that that eternal life or that that continuation of self which everything apparently turns to the deep instead of turning like it's it's interesting to think like we as guardians are eternal we're basically zombie magic space things because we were risen from the dead and we walk around and we can die a hundred times over now um again until the light gets taken away then obviously then we are lightless and but because of the light we are made eternal so it's interesting to me that that so many things have turned to the deep and i'm curious if it's if it's if it's an easier choice to go to like what is the price that we as guardians pay at so because here's here's something we as light bearers have to give up our memories like we are all amnesiac uh um uh yeah yeah we have no memory prior to revival yeah but the darkness isn't so much that way it seems so here's here's my two cents um i think if we're following that thread thought for the power of the light um for being reborn you are giving up your memory for the power of darkness you are potentially and i guess i should say that the same is true of the light you are potentially giving up your memory um and with the darkness you are potentially giving up control i think is the trade off uh because if we if we look at the dark future that Elsie talks yeah. about people have lost control of themselves for the the sake of of having dark and using dark interesting um, that's a i i like that i do i like i like the, that analogy the other little bit here that i find interesting so i uh, when the struggle seems lost, when the safe place crumbles, everything turns to the deep to survive. Didn't what the Guardians just do the same thing? Oh, shit. When, when we were threatened with an unknown force, we literally turned to the darkness. As, like as the pyramid ships showed up. And we've, like, a lot of people are assuming that the pyramid ships are of the deep or of the darkness, but not necessarily. Well, I I do think they are, to to an extent. Um, I don't know, man. I, I'm I'm not a hundred percent sold on the idea that they are, that they are either of the dark or darkness followers or whatever. I I so 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 obviously there's there's the there's the the geographical look at it, right? Like the the pyramid ships are the simplest three D object, being a a four sided object. Um, mm-hmm. The traveler being the most complex object right like it, it's a sphere, right, it's a sphere. So it has infinite number of sides like the um so that's it to me like obviously it's you know triangles versus circles right so that's that's the that's the bit or, or, or tetrahedrons versus versus spheres like that's the big 
that's that's what that's what that's what as far as painting a picture of x versus y that's what that's the picture supposed to be painted but yeah. we have and and we know during interference that Sabathun tried to say hey i'm trying to i'm trying to stop you from communing with this with with the darkness commuting with with the the pyramid ships the sorry i did it i was going to tell myself not to <laughs> the tetrahedron ships uh they do refer to them as pyramid ships in the game so it drives me up the freaking wall because a pyramid it's, it's has more five understandable five-sided five pyramid because nobody looks at the bottom of a pyramid right like you look at the pyramids in egypt and you're like oh hey it has four sides it has a fifth side it is on the bottom the part that connects to the earth is a side. Like it's not like it's it's not like it's just empty space. Anyway, this is the mathematician in me getting angry, and I refuse to <laughs> I refuse to give in to him. Uh, so yeah, so so Savathun actively was trying to interfere with that. Like that was the whole point of interference. Like she was trying to stop us from communicating with him. Uh, but that's it. It's I still am not a hundred percent sold on the idea. That the tetrahedrons are of the dark, but I, I, I guess they, they should be because, like, we talk about the Garden of Salvation and the whole scene at the end of, uh, uh, um, oh, what was at the end of uh, Shadowkeep's campaign, where it's like, we are not mm -hmm. your enemy, we are your salvation, and they like, we know that the darkness sees the resurrection of guardians or, or even any type of resurrection as a perverse like heresy, like this is like. The sword logic is finite. Like this is, once something dies, it was it died for a reason. It died for for something else to better itself. So there's no reason for that thing that is dead to be brought back, and and for for that dead thing to be brought back, that is a direct perversion of the sword logic. So it, well, I, I I suppose the pyramids are of the darkness, but I I'm still not. I'm I'm like ninety percent there on that. I think they're absolutely of the darkness. I think it's a lot more nuanced though than the, I, I think the darkness is a lot more nuanced than just saying like, you shouldn't be alive. You're dead now. Like that. Ooh. The darkness has never been that violent. Like it, it has violent outcomes, but it itself has never been the agent of that violence. Um, at least not that we have seen. Uh, it's always had something to, use or manipulate so it's used something or manipulated something yeah and okay i think okay guardians are kind of oh absolutely are, are on you know they're on that same razor's edge between the deep and the sky they are clinging to the sharp edge of survival um and i i'm really drawing a lot of parallels between humanity and the guardians uh to the krill and, absolutely it's you know, it, the, sorry go ahead oh no I'm just i um i don't i don't know that the darkness wants to prove its point by killing everything itself i think it wants to prove its point by showing that anything that uh wants to continue its survival will turn to dark power and will destroy everything else thus I like, proving I like the darkness's logic. theory i like that logic 
because that would absolutely be like it's the, where you talk about like the dark is is more nuanced like it's not it's not as direct as hey that thing is is shit go kill that thing now you're better than it now you're not necessarily you're better than it but you are better you are you are greater you are more powerful more awesome more whatever than than you were before due to the the very nature of sword logic of that thing has died you have bested it whatever but yeah. to have to go through that line of manipulation to go through that idea of because that that entity wants survival and it is now turned to the darkness it, it by its very nature wants to end everything around it to be the last surviving thing essentially thus being the most powerful by nature of nothing else being existing and thus proving the the darkness right like it's 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 like that self-fulfilling prophecy thing right like haha yeah. i told you so like that's haha that's what that's what i see that at that man so to to put this in in a bit of an analogy although maybe a tad gruesome one but um to, to try and put this in in some kind of real world terms because that always helps me digest an idea let's say we take a fictional uh, island. Okay. And on this island live multitude of uh, what we would consider, let's say, like Stone Age tribes, or maybe not Stone Age. Um, like they, they have spears and bow and arrows, and that, that's their main source of weaponry. Okay. And there's, you know, four or five or however many of these tribes that live on this island. And food supplies are running out due to over harvesting or, or whatever. And there's only enough to go around for one of these tribes to survive. And these tribes now are, uh, are at war with each other to try and figure out who's going to, who's going to be the surviving tribe. And one of those tribes turns to a you know rose across the the ocean to a modern civilization and buys guns and brings them back to their tribe and their tribe now wins this conflict by nature of having more power better artillery that is essentially the situation that i see as what the darkness does it it is the arms dealer for survival and by nature yeah. of being you know of being in that role the the darkness is is looking over this conflict and in its great age all the conflicts that have ever happened and has theorized the things that seek power for the sake of survival continue to survive until they meet something that has more power than them and they always come to me when they seek more power. Now that's that's an idea there. And the by by uh you know on on the the flip side conversely the sky seems to be would, would take that same situation and instead of saying, you know, it Instead of waiting for, uh, let, let's say, same situation, tribe rose, rose across the, the sea or the lake or whatever, uh, and instead of going to 
the dark country to get uh, guns and ammo and things, military force. It goes to the light country and the light country doesn't give them weaponry, but gives it technology to come back and grow enough food for all of the tribes. There you go. Now that's, yeah, I like that. I absolutely love that. That's one, both, both, uh, both halves of that promote a future for something to exist. But one being a very narrow, I'd say narrow-minded way of thinking, that being the darkness, and the other being a more complex way of thinking, and and by nature being complex, I, I think is a is a broader view or or, or maybe a, a wider lens uh, to say, hey, instead of it, instead of just ending, you know, the other three tribes, let's make it in a way that we can have everyone survive or or, or keep the survival going by by a nature of a a positive spin on things, right? Like that's. That's that's definitely what I think of that as. Like I, I I do I do absolutely love that analogy though. That's that's a that's a good one. I like that. Now the the unfortunate bit that I think the point the darkness is trying to make and the light is trying to refute is that whenever a a group, say one of these tribes, is in imminent danger of no longer existing, they are never going to turn to the light country. That's, they are that's always absolutely, going to turn. That is to, absolutely what, what the Leviathan is saying. Like yes. it's it's straight up saying like there any any time that it comes to imminent destruction. I think that's I think that's the that's the the key there is that it's it's not necessarily like hey we we're pretty sure we're going to survive uh, if we do we do if we don't we don't. It's like that hey we're going to die tomorrow. And for the three sisters that's very much present here. That whole God mm-hmm. wave, the whole syzygy that they are they are heading to the darkness like it's it's by by the very nature of darkness or the deep or or whatever it it is going to have them interact with it and so the leviathan is telling them you know i reject the deep's claim i reject the idea that everything turns to the deep to survive and is is asking them is saying that it believes they will turn back they will choose the harder path of the sky instead. Interesting. Um, you know, it, it believes that they have a choice between the deep and the sky and that they will choose the sky. And uh, maybe in a bit of, uh, of, of unqualified optimism on the part of <laughs> the Leviathan. Uh, <laughs> yeah, slightly. So Shiro now offers a protest to the Leviathan. You are huge and old. Our lives are short and desperate. If that's the way the world's supposed to be, supposed to be, I won't have it. If people like Taux are supposed to win, that was the betrayer, uh, I won't let them. I will beat the world until it changes. I will kill anything in my way. So that that Boom. Shiro doing exactly that. I will that's, that's use the, whatever, yeah, whatever power I can get my hands on, and I will force the world to be what I want it to be, 
presumably where I survive. Thus, thus, <laughs> thus proving the Leviathan right. Like <laughs> saying, "Hey, you, you're 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 literally doing exactly." This is very much a self fulfilling prophecy here. Like yes. the, the Leviathan said, "Hey." by very nature of, of of survival it will always turn to the dark and i'm telling you to not do that i believe that that is not the proper choice and that it is a choice but this mm -hmm. is this this is it's all i mean it's it's it seems very uh casual you know like it's it's it it it's interesting to me because we always think of the light and dark as as paracausal entities and and they are like the the, the ability to wield the light and stuff like that that is a paracausal thing and guardians themselves are paracausal. They make their own fate by being by nature of being paracausal uh, because of the light. And so it's it's interesting to me to think that like, is the darkness purely paracausal, or is well, or is or is the darkness the ops? Or is the darkness the other side of that coin? Right? Like, is light paracausal and darkness causal? I I don't know for sure, but we do have to remember um, the krill. Are, do not have paracausal powers at this point. Right. Uh, nor does the Leviathan, as far as we know. Right, um, right. This is, these are all just entities that have no, not not no understanding of the light and dark, but they, they have never had any type of, of interaction with the light or dark, or at least we're assuming right. the Leviathan has never had any interaction. The, the Leviathan is very much like, hey, I'm super old, and I'm telling you right now, darkness bad, yeah. sky good. Um, I guess the, the other can of worms here, uh, if we're talking paracausal versus causal, and we're assuming there are no light or dark powers at play here, this is just the will of these three sisters is free will causal or paracausal. Damn it. <laughs> I knew I fuck. <laughs> I don't, I don't know that we can do much with that statement honestly i i think therefore i am take that right. <laughs> you, you shit I, I that that's pretty much all the relevance we're gonna get out of god damn it <laughs> this idea at the moment um i mean that's uh, yeah you know what is but if, what is causality like what is casual like right yeah, yeah okay all right yeah so we're we're not gonna go down that rabbit hole. Nope. But but uh but you can think about it. We're uh, gonna read the next verse now. <laughs> we're gonna read the next verse. So the Leviathan uh has one one more uh one more statement for these sisters. It says, This fatal logic, hear my monopole scream, it will consume you. Before you lies the worship of death, the ruinous path. The sky builds new life against the onset of ruin towards a gentle world. The deep embraces death, saying this is inevitable and right. I exist as hungry ruin. Turn back from the world-killing way, or you will live as death and devastation. The sky is the harder way, but it is kinder. My charge is now balanced, my voice exhausted. That's, this, so, this is like this is it this is it, it's like look either either you turn back or, or you're screwed like well and that's, it's it's not even saying that it's interesting because it's warning isn't that hey turn back or 
the darkness will destroy you or the darkness will end the world. It's saying turn back or the darkness will make you end the world. Interesting. Uh, Which is a a little different warning. Um, Yeah. You know, it's, it's saying, you know, with, with the power you will gain, you will only, you know, create more destruction and ruin and death. And I I guess if we're going to relate it back to the earlier analogy, you know, let's say that tribe that now has guns and artillery that has taken over their island, uh, you know, survives and, and prospers, but uh, starts to run low on food again. And there's an island within rowing distance that is not very well defended. And, you know, now they have the means to continue their what what originally was just for self-preservation is now turning into conquest because you know of very all the reasons that you can self-justify sure you know, oh, we need yeah. we need more space for our population or we need more food or we need more whatever uh you know it, it can become a slippery slope and i think that's maybe what is being referenced here like you will you will get power from the deep to fulfill what you want but in doing so you will turn into the very you know bastions of the very thing you're trying to prevent happening to yourself um, Dude, that's a that's uh, holy jesus <laughs> we're, we're getting real deep tonight no pun intended that's what i'm saying like this is this is every every time i get i i get a a speechless moment and this is this is it this is the this is the deep like this is i continue i'm speechless right now like this is very much like yeah no continue so so sathona answers this time speaking not to the leviathan in protest but to her sisters she says, sisters, I have my father's familiar. Look, it answers me in plain words. It helped me find this ship. It gives me strength when hope is lost. Who will you trust? The voice that wants us to live and suffer as we have always lived and suffered? The Leviathan that offers no hope against Tawix or the world wave? Or the plain, honest worm? Let us see where its whispers lead us. Let us go deeper. Let us dive, oh sisters mine. Well, shit. <laughs> so, Sathona is kind of playing, again, is playing her own game because to her, if we're under the assumption that her whole goal is to live as long as she possibly can, uh then what the Leviathan is saying is exactly counter to that. Absolutely. You know? No, a hundred percent there. And she's also fulfilling the Leviathan's, uh, you know, the, the deep's claim, what the Leviathan yeah. says the deep's claim is, is that when, when the struggle seems lost, you will turn to the deep. That is exactly what she's doing because she yep. is afraid of her existence ending. And so she's going straight to the thing that is going to, is promising her the ability to continue. Um, Absolutely. Like this, this is very much this. Yeah, no, this is, this is very much, this is happening as a, as a, 
as a point of fact now. Like this is this is no longer like a hey, maybe you should. It's it's no there's no longer a warning of hey, you should turn back. This is a straight up like this is happening because it's happening. Like it's yeah. that's that that's the way it's going to happen. That's the way it's if it no matter it. I I think of it as like a like a like a uh when when people have a have a kind of a very basic understanding of like choices in time, right? Like any anytime you see that portrayed in any type of of theater or Hollywood or anything like that, each each moment in time and each choice that you make is another branch in a in a timeline. And mm-hmm. and you know, do I turn left? Do I turn right? Do you know, do I say yes? Do I say no? And and each one of those infinite points of 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 choice or or you know whatever creates infinitely more timelines and that's 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 the whole point of the of the vex and their prediction engine the the infinite forest they are trying to look through as many choices of the of these timelines and make as many predictions as they can throughout these the and and that to me that's a very binary way of thinking right like that's that's and that's absolutely the 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 i mean that that's the vex to the t like that's that is everything about them is a is a computerized binary type logic you know yes or no on or off type thing left or right um whereas i I don't know that i don't know that actual time flow is is a is necessarily a binary thing like it's boy we're getting deep tonight holy shit um (laughs) okay one one quick thing and then we'll 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 put all that back in the box and put the box away uh So, so uh, looking at time, I, I don't, I don't think it's very much a, a binary thing. I don't know if it's a left or right thing. It, I think it's, I think it's a more of a, a. I, 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 I like the idea of of it being a a. What 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 would you call that? A, a ambiguous? No, I don't. I don't know. Ambiguous is the word. Uh, I don't. I don't know what word I'm looking for here. But but less of a choice driven. Um, series of events right like that's it to me it's it's more of a <laughs> to do a doctor who quote it's less of a line and more of a wibbly wobbly timey wimey <laughs> thing like it's 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 more of a rug right like time is more of a rug rather than a rather than a straight line um yeah i, I like those analogies of 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 time not necessarily being a, a an exact left right thing anyway Put all that back in the box. We'll put that box away. All right, back back under the bed. Back uh, back on. Yes, yes. The the other thing about this entry, um, in regards to Sathona, is she uses that "Oh, sister's mind." Oh which, my God! Yes, uh, like I think is is an indication that she is intentionally trying to use that phrase to exert power or exert manipulation over her sisters. Now that's the that's the that's the question there, right? Like, is this is this a lesser being hearing something and and repeating it? Like, is this is this like a like you know a, a child hearing hearing mom and dad say "fuck you" and running over to the grandma and saying <laughs> "fuck you," or is this or is this a true understanding of the "o noun mine" syntax of when I use that? I am I am actively putting power out. I am I am controlling whatever that noun is in that in that encapsulated phrase there. Like it 
when when I say when when the when am am I am I less of the three year old running over grandma and saying fuck you and or am I am I more of the parent running over grandma and saying fuck you like is that like that it's it's interesting to me I I know that's my that's my super basic <laughs> analogy there like yeah, your yeah. your analogy is this very eloquent like like this is very like this island with tribes and guns and dead it mind just well fuck grandma <laughs> no johnny you can't say fuck grandma all right well fuck you then okay well i guess you win that argument thanks johnny uh yeah so that's <laughs> i i don't i don't expect that sathona has a full understanding of that phrase but i think she has an understanding of that phrase sure. And and uh, and that's the other thing too. Is that Sarthona, or is that the familiar? Is the familiar directly controlling her? I don't know about direct control, but the familiar may very well have been coaching her on, you know, hey, when you talk to your sisters and you want and you really want to like get them on your side, use this phrase. So that's, now that's it, that's an interesting thought there. I like that idea. It might be a case where. She she's using it knowing that it's going to help her get like get what she wants, but she may not understand the mechanisms of that yet. Yeah. Um, I think well, I think like Savathun is she running is... around telling mom, telling grandma, <laughs> "Fuck you!" Like it's they they know, but do they really know? I, I think Savathun as she is now in game absolutely knows all the nuances behind that phrase. Uh, yeah. But this being the first, I think, first recorded time of her using it. Um, I believe so. Like, it's not the first recorded yeah. time of, the, of it being used. Like, oh, it no, was not used even in, close. In, in, in hell, in earlier Books of Sorrow, the worm itself was... Or, mm-hmm. or, I keep saying the worm. What, 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 is, what is this the, the familiar. Familiar. That's what they refer it to as, yeah. I, and I, I don't know why I keep drawing that, that parallel to the familiar being a worm. I just, for some reason, they in my head... They call it a worm. dead worm. They call they it a dead worm. Okay. Yeah, they do. So, um, yeah, but yeah, they, so it, but it has used that that phrasing with with them to to talk mm-hmm. to them and, and speak to them. So, so uh, we don't know the exact events that happen after this conversation with the Leviathan and the start of the conversation with what we now know as the Hive Worm Gods, but needless to say they arrived in wherever these worm gods were uh, down in the depths of the planet fundament. They, they chose, they chose to, to dive deeper. They, they completely they, like Leviathan used its last or, or gave its last point on the matter and was like, look, either you, you know, you turn back or you don't, that's on you now. And yep. they say, all right, well, we're not turning back. And the Leviathan just kind of like, not the, I don't even think Leviathan even acknowledges them. They're like, okay, sucks to suck. It's just like, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I don't even think that it like shrugs and walks away. It just walks away. It's like, what, like it, it, it's not even a, it, that's where I see it as much the third party, right? Like it's, it's not even mm-hmm. saying, well, you know, it sucks to be suck, you know, like man, I told, I tried to warn you type thing. No, it's just like, well, you know, here's the facts. Bye. And yeah, that's, it like, seems. That's it. It, it seems to have removed itself from the equation regardless yep. of what happens. And, you know, it is exactly that. It's, it's given them it's the advice that it thinks is, they needed to hear, and now it is up to them to, to heed it or not, and they choose to not. 
Um, so that brings us to verse one nine, the bargain. You are Arash, heir to the Osmium throne. You stand on the naked hull of an empty of an ancient ship. You stand exposed to the crushing pressure and ferocious heat of the deeper fundament. It should annihilate you. It is by my will alone that you survive. So this sounds like they're in like the planet's core or very yeah. close to it. Oh, absolutely. Like we've like we've gone past this this liquid ocean of whatever to a mm-hmm. very hot place, a very dense hot place. I am Yule, the honest worm. Behold my passage. Behold my vast displacement, my ponderous strength, my great and coiling length, my folded jaws and curled wings. Behold the living, the hiving cities symbiotic with my flesh. I am fessened, Arash. I am at the beginning and end of lives. So I'm I'm going to break some of these down before just reading the whole thing because there's a oh, lot. That's fine. Here. I was going to say this. Uh, this sounds like this is going to be the the meaty verse. This is going to be the meaty one uh, for for tonight at least. So this is Yule, Yule the honest worm it calls itself. Yeah. Uh, and in its description, we get something very very similar in my opinion to an Ahamkara. Oh, it has wings. Uh, like that's that was the first. Like as soon as it said it, I have wings. Like that. That that my, was my first go to. Was like it's yeah. it's either directly calling itself an Ahamkara or it is saying, you know, I I at least look like one. Behold my vast displacement, my ponderous strength, my great and coiling length. So it's describing itself as very large, a uh, huge, very strong, like thing. My folded jaws and curled wings. Behold the hiving cities symbiotic with my flesh. I am fessened, Arash. I am at the beginning and end of lives. And now that's a word that I need to look up. Arash? Uh, fessened. Fessened? I'm, I'm curious. I'm curious if fessened oh. and... Uh, oh, uh, Arash uh, is the name. Arash okay. is the name. I am fessened, comma, Arash. Addressing... Arash. Oh, Arash. Okay, gotcha, gotcha, yeah. gotcha, gotcha. I'm following now. Yep. I am at the beginning and end of lives. So uh, I have never put this together before. Um, Fessend, or fessinity, is the ability to produce an abundance of offspring or new growth, synonymous with fertility. So I think Yule, in this case, is literally describing itself as presumably the mother of all other hive worms. Ooh. Behold the hiving cities symbiotic with my flesh. I am fessened the beginning and end of lives. I, that's, I that's, think. Yeah, absolutely. hundred percent. So I don't know if it's describing itself as the mother of the other worm gods, or if it's just saying like, it is the one. It is the worm god that spawns all the little hive worms. Uh, okay, so it's it may not it may not be a a like the other the other worm gods may be sisters and brothers, but it is the only one capable of producing offspring. Seemingly, yes. okay, yeah. Um, at at least thus far, the the way it is describing itself. It is seeming as if it itself. is yeah. it is it is essentially like a brood mother. Like it's 
it's it's it is the only thing capable of producing offspring and and continuing the continuing the lives of the worms yeah but it's very much uh, a giant a giant worm with with or a giant a giant snake maybe i with... I, 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 I hesitate to use the term worm because any 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 time we talk about these long coiled things like it to me it's a you know anything coiled is like a snake right like a rope or something like that like um but i mean the fact that it is describing itself as a long enormous coiled thing with wings i that to me says you know giant snake dragon I'd, again i don't know why i ever didn't put this together um i'm stupid i guess uh if you spell worm differently it means something very different oh shit uh, <laughs> so worm w-o-r-m and then there is worm w-y-r-m oh shit which is described literally a as fucking a dragon. serpentine dragon normally of european origin uh this is it that's that 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 that's it. This is this is the definitive moment. They are one hundred percent related. Yeah. Uh, in modern use, a worm. The term worm is reserved for worm-like qualities. Uh, a dragon which typically has a long body shape that is either legless or with small legs. You know, you know uh, when 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 it was describing itself as this coiled, enormous thing with wings, my first thought was like a a. A, a snake-like dragon, or or the 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 dragon um, that the homunculus becomes in the um, uh, Full Metal Alchemist movie, hmm. when it's when it's coiled up in the ceiling and and literally held into the ceiling by by spears and stuff, and and the Germans are trying to use it to to have to have magic uh, on the other side of the gate. Like that's yeah, no, that's that's literally the first thought that came to my mind was, was that image there. And so, yeah, the fact that it is describing itself as that, why I, I think that it is definitely like, we are, we are reading this as Y W or, or sorry, Y W W O R M when it is describing itself as W Y R M. I think that's exactly what's happening. So I think, I think this is, I think this is a, a, what, what would you call like a like a like a like a misinterpretation of of, of a word mistranslation right? like, there you go there you go yeah, yeah 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 it's directly telling them i'm a worm i'm i am a i am a w-y-r-m and they're hearing oh you're a worm okay yeah because i've seen a worm like you on the ground before you're just really big now now the the only thing that pokes a little bit of a you know, holes in this theory is that we have literally met Zol, um, and who on you? <laughs> Zol, Zol is very much a like chitoned. Oh, okay, worm. okay, okay, all right. But we know, or we've theorized that the chitinness is possibly cancer, right? Like it's some True. type of cancer's growth that is that is an armor-like growth on them, and we know that Ahamkara can shapeshift. So what's to say? It's true as well. What's to say that the worm gods cannot shapeshift, or are just so corrupted beyond belief that that is what is left of them? Is this very hardened chitin? Was it carapace? Carapace? Outer shell thing? Carapace? I think is how yeah. Usually sure. Whatever. Carap- I don't care. Yeah. Uh, words are hard. So, okay. Damn it! I'm making up my own words. <laughs> A cu- couple other theories just to throw out there and, and see what sticks. 
uh, if we assume that there is uh, importance in the fact that Yol is the one that is introducing themselves first, and if we assume that there's importance in the fact that Yol is the one that says, it is by my will alone that you survive, a.k.a. they have somehow created a space for these yeah. for these sisters to inhabit that they don't just, you know, aren't I mean, they're just sitting on the, on the hull of the ship, like... The, a, yeah. the fact that the ship has made it this far and hasn't just completely crushed under the immense heat the, and the density and heat. Yeah, exactly. This yeah. ship hasn't just diamondized right there. Like, it, so, yeah. Yol is saying it. its power alone is what is allowing them to survive. And it is introducing itself first, specifically as the, the you know, of, for, of uh, fertility as well as of power. I... Uh, Maybe it is the progenitor. Maybe it is the original hive worm god. And the offspring look different. Uh, or the, uh, you know, if we're assuming that all the other worm gods are perhaps its offspring. Uh, sure. And Zol being the as we learn in uh Wormind and, and further, Zol being the weakest of all worm gods. Um maybe it looked like that because it was weak. Uh maybe it shapeshifted like we were talking about. Maybe something about the the corruption, something about the connection to the darkness turns them into that over time. Uh I don't know. There's a lot of possibilities. I like, I like these ideas. Like these, these are all very valid ideas. Like I, I, I don't see any, any one of these ideas being like the de facto thing, but I also don't see any of them as being just like this totally far-fetched thing. Like I, ev everything about this seems like it is, it is plausible. So the next statement here kind of maybe lends some credence to that. So it says, behold, this is still Yoel talking. Behold, Ayr and Zol and Ur and Akka, the virtuous worms, look upon us and know that we are good. Uh, and they do this fun thing with the O, where it's G-O, and then the second O is in, like, square brackets, and then D. So you can read it as good or God. Yeah, God, uh, interesting. But it is listing those four as a set, as the virtuous worms. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Perhaps they're all siblings. That's that to me, that's what that seems like. Like the fact that that the one is introducing the other, that's that's very much as like, hi, come meet my kids. This is yeah. this is this is Akka. She likes to knit. And uh, <laughs> this is this is uh, this is Zol. Like he's kind of a shit, but we pick on him because he's kind of a shit. Uh, this is. Uh, sorry, I've already I've already. <laughs> Ur and Ire, but they they don't. Ur and Ire. No, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. These are the twins, Ur and Ire, but they're fuck them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's they're, that's. They're the weird twins. You know, you know what those are like. It's uh, it's fine. They can read your minds and shit. It's it, fuck them. They bend oh, spoons. You, it's awful. We have to buy you, new cutlery every day. You can all, all like every weekend, man. It's ridiculous. <laughs> I come home and the entire dishwasher is just bent spoons, and I'm like, you assholes. Then I gotta go buy really here, spoon. really, and they just go. There is no spoon. I, I don't there know is the no spoon. Is. I don't know what you're talking about. And then I'm just like, 
There is a spoon and you bent it, you shit. I'm going to go buy new ones. We so, yes, we, I, we, I think. We, God damn it. <laughs> Needed to say we are excited for the next Matrix movie. <laughs> Just a little. I'm uh, super excited for it. I, not to go completely off topic, but the little duck on his, on his head in the bathtub in the, in the, in the trailer. That <laughs> confuses yes. the crap out of me every time. And I'm just like, what the hell is happening here? So, yes. I need to know. I need to know need what to is know. happening. Um, but, yes. Yeah, so, I, I think if we follow this theory, Yol is the original. Yol is the original hive god worm uh, with a Y. And yep. the offspring of Yol... Uh, either take on the same form or take on the more worm with an O form. Oh. Um, for one reason or another. Interesting. Uh, so Yol, if or we is, continue... Or, with, is it, or is it a level of evolution there, right? Like, is, perhaps, is the one so... Are the, are, the, are, the, are the four offspring just not old enough to have grown their wings or, or, what, or what have you? It's possible. I mean, the the hive exhibit very insect insect like characteristics. If That's, we kind yeah. of do a weird merge of the two, we could say like, okay, maybe uh, they start out as little worms and they grow into really big worms with armor, and then eventually they cocoon and they emerge as dragons. Uh, now there's a that, and then. Oh. God damn it. <laughs> now, the very the very next paragraph lends some more talking points to this theory. Okay, um, keep going while my mind just sits here in a puddle of mush because it's been blown so many times. The next that, paragraph says... That idea is genuinely... This is a possibility, I think. That, that I feel like that is... I feel like that's a thing. So the next paragraph. For millions of years, we have been trapped, parentheses, growing in the deep. From across the stars, we have called life to fundament so that it might contend against extinction. For millennia, we have awaited you, our beloved hosts. So two things. They're saying they are, they have been, and this is another one of those square bracket trapped slash growing and square bracket. Um, as if you could, I don't know if they're intending you can read that either way, or if they're intending, like they're saying one thing and meaning another or something like that. Um, I I like that idea too, but but like the first part of that, like the whole trap thing, like that to me leads, leads me to believe that fundament itself is the, is a prison for them. Well, and this is where we get into how much do we believe the words of the hive gods, uh, of the worm. Yeah. They are saying, for millions of years, we have been here in the deep. From across the stars, we have called life to fundament so it might contend against extinction. So they are claiming uh, you know, credit. They are, are claiming that they are the ones that have been calling planets to fundament, that, that they have been calling these species that would otherwise go extinct into the planet fundament so that they might continue survival. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Whereas no, the Leviathan was saying that directly the opposite, that 
that like the, 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 the guy created the planet. Yeah. Interesting. Now, maybe, maybe we could argue that the sky did make the planet specifically to be a prison for the worms, and the worms have been calling other species to this planet, have been somehow influencing other planets to crash into Fundament with the expectation that eventually something on one of those planets would be able to get to them and set them free. Uh, so maybe, maybe it's a little bit of both. These God damn it. You are getting, this is getting good, man. This is, this is genuinely like, this is next level shit. Like they, they, all, all of these ideas feel, I feel like all of these ideas are very, uh, plausible like like there's no one idea here that's like hey yeah this is the definitive truth like it a lot of this is seeming to me i i still like the idea of a fundament is a prison for the for the worms uh that you know maybe maybe it was maybe maybe because it was a prison it caused them to evolve or grow you know trap slash grow the 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 grow is that evolution of them right like the 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 mother Mm -hmm. worm evolving into that dragon that serpent like dragon and then you know her having her offspring her four offspring and them just you know because the the fact that the one says i i've been here for millennia right like it, it it's man this is so a couple of questions come to mind for me here um the only young Ahamkara that we have record of would be Riven. Absolutely. When she was with Mara. Yep. Do we remember if if they ever describe what Riven looks like when she's young? Do they mention if she has wings? Do they mention any physical characteristics? Is a good question. I don't remember. I think maybe they may have mentioned her having wings. Um, and that she like coiled or or sat on Mara's shoulders. I um, know that she coiled like around Mara's neck, not as in a, yeah. a noose type thing, but as as like hung there, like that's that it likes sitting there, um, being coiled around her as as a as like a like a like a neck piece, right? Like not not like a like obviously right. it didn't like hold itself into a tie, and I was like, hey, look, I'm a <laughs> I'm a Windsor knot today. <laughs> Tomorrow I'll be a square knot. <laughs> no, uh, it literally just just like like draped itself around her as like a like a like a royalty piece of gold type thing. But I know when when I I remember when uh, uh, when it talked about uh, Aldrin coming bringing it to her that it was it was in his hand. So I mean it was it was tiny, it was very small. But I don't remember it. I don't remember any of the any of the character, any of the 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 physical features that they described of it. So I I don't remember if it and does it does it have wings when we when we go and attack it in Last Wish? And that's what I'm don't remember. Um, I'm going to do a quick look up here because I I really. Three D model of Riven. Um, <laughs> well, that that's going to give me the current Riven as we know it, um, or a Riven that we don't know and we don't want to know. Oh, uh, now I'm going down that path. <laughs> that, that's the bad put rule, path. That's, don't put that's rule the deep. 
that's the deep. That's the deep. That's uh, leading me to that path. Yeah, no, that's absolutely what it is. Um, let's see. Don Carnage itself, Riven Donna. That's number two. I'm looking. I'm looking up the lore entries here. Uh, so I think this is in. Telic number one. I have a I have a very interesting 3D model of it, but so this this is what we have. Uh, Aldrin went out voyaging amongst the worlds, swift as a blue shift ghost. In time, he returned to the reef with a creature no larger than his hand, saying, Behold, sister, the lie that makes itself true. This is an Ahamkara. So we don't get a description, uh, okay. at least when they when they first introduce Riven. Let's see if this um, works. I'm going to throw one here in the in the chat channel. Uh, of a picture that I found, uh, which is a, a current day three um, D model of the in-game Riven. Yeah, as she and, is in, in the raid currently. And to me, she has no wings. Like she's very much more of a a lizard-like dragon than a serpent-like dragon. I, yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and in this. Uh, so this, this is the conversation between Sheer and Mara, uh, whereas the first time we've ever, first and maybe only time we've ever seen Riven actually feed off Mara. Right. Um, uh, it says at this, the Ahamkara coiled around her neck, yawned and showed its fangs for there was a crevice between what was and what was wanted. Uh, so... Even then, it doesn't describe Riven as... I swear there was one time that Mara talks about sitting under the wing of, of Riven, like sitting in her... Yeah, I, I feel like there... I, I feel like that too. Um... So maybe... maybe, But again, this, we're, still, we're still taking all this from, you know, what is the true form of an Ahamkara? Right? Like, What's the true form of a worm god? Like we, all of right. this stuff we're taking at at at, you know, what what is this true form? When they they can shapeshift by very nature of them being shapeshifters, we have no idea what their true form is. This like is they true. Could, they could put a form out in front of us to go, "This is my true form," and we have no way to believe that. Like and we don't know. Yeah, I mean, we truly um, have no way. It's 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 very similar to. Uh, um, uh, this is kind of like an obscure obscure reference, but uh, uh, my wife was watching, um, or I guess rewatching. Uh, I think it was X Men First Class, um, and and it talks about Mystique, and and she, you know, it says, you know, what is what is her true form type thing, and you know, everyone thinks of her as the as the blue with red hair, mm -hmm. Mystique, and so, they, but but you know that is that even her true form, you know, like that, yeah. So I, I found the book we were talking about. Uh, this is Riven from the book, The Dreaming City. And the very first line is Mara sits cross-legged in the canopy shade of Riven's wing. So at least at one point in time, Riven had wings. 
Uh, now, whether but, or not there was a shape-shifted but, form or not, but... Right. We don't know. Um, but it, it had wings. So the whole reason I was going down this path is uh, at what age does Riven have wings? And would that line up with the possibility of her having to like grow into them in some fashion? Now, by nature of the worm God saying that they've been here for millions of years uh, and Zol still looking like Zol when we meet yeah. him, uh, may, the timelines don't really add up. Uh, so I, I'm not sure. But suffice it to say, I think the Worm Gods, and we've theorized this before, I think the Worm Gods and the Ahamkara are absolutely related in some way. I, uh, I 100% think so. I, they, and until I can be proven otherwise. That's, yeah, no. That's every, Everything that we're seeing is evidence to uh, support that idea. Uh, I haven't seen any evidence to disprove that idea. So until I find evidence that... that what is it that... The evidence of absence is not the absence of evidence. Uh, I, I like that saying for some reason. I don't know why. Um, yeah. But yeah, the or sorry, the absence of evidence is not the evidence of absence. Maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's maybe it's the other way around. I don't remember. Anyway, uh, see, <laughs> yeah, I like the saying so much I can't even remember it. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I until I'm presented with evidence saying that our two completely unrelated I they're the same thing I I I I'm a winged dragon are is is a Amkara just a prepubescent well the, or is it the Ahamkara Ahamkara. if anything it's the Ahamkara nature of having the wings right right by having the wings and right um, right right and if Zol could shapeshift why the hell didn't he do it in his fight with us like Ah, because he hasn't broken out of his. They can't shapeshift until they until are until they're reach until maturity they, or, yep. or whatever. So the the only thing that I wonder about there is when when they meet Riven, and she is described as as a young Ahamkara. Although I don't know if she's described that way by herself or just by the the people around by nature of her small size. Um, Right, because like, we, we as humans inherently look at something small and think that it's young, but that's only because that's, that's how we as humans evolve. We start out small and we grow bigger, and that's how, that's how pretty much every mammal and, and fish and heli plants start off small and grow bigger. So, but just because something's small, like, I mean, you know, a, 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 an adult spider is small, but it's still an adult, right? Like it's it's by nature of it being small does not make it younger. Yes, although every instance we have seen, well, and I I don't know we get into this like when everything's an unreliable narrator, like can you really trust any info kind of thing? When, uh, when every when everyone is Savathun, then no one is Savathun. <laughs> 
So I, I think best to just leave it at there is a very distinct connection between Ahamkara and the Worm Gods, and uh, Yule's current form just lends evidence to that. Absolutely. Uh, so to continue. Um, yeah, we've completely they, derailed. No, we completely derailed. Uh, so Zola's saying for millions of years they've been trapped, uh, and they have been calling things to fundament for something to come break them out, essentially. Uh, she continues, or, or it continues, against you stand the cruel Leviathan and the forces of the sky. They would crush you down into the dark. They have arranged their moons to drown you in fear of your potential. We want to help you, princes. We offer to each of you a bargain, a symbiosis. Uh, so Yul is saying, uh, and even here they separate the Leviathan from the forces of the sky. Um, you know, they, they say yeah, the cruel Leviathan yeah. and the forces of the sky, which is, uh, which is interesting to me. I think, I think they see the Leviathan as a cruel, as the cruel Leviathan because it is actively turning people, turning things away from the darkness. Yes. Stopping, I, I so stopping things to, from getting down there and freeing them. But they are saying, and, and, you know, every good lie has a grain of truth, uh, or every good story has a grain of truth. And I, I think they're doing exactly that when they say, that the forces of the sky have arranged the moons to drown you in fear of your potential. Potentially the sky, the traveler, uh, you know, that, that extra moon, um, we know based on the Osmium Kings observations, like the moon should not be lining up this way, but yeah, something yeah, nothing, is making them nothing do it. at all should be causing the moon. Like, and we, and we talked about this too. 52 different moons with 52 different orbits at possibly 52 different planes of, of 52 different degrees rotation, yeah. of rotation, like mathematically and, and possibly 52 different speeds, right? Like mathematically they should not be able to line up, but for whatever reason, something is going to cause that something is actively trying to cause that, whether it's, whether it is the traveler, because we know that the traveler is, there's a 53rd moon right uh um being the traveler of of fundament and and we don't know if it's because of the light or because of the traveler or because of the darkness that this is happening but they but the darkness the the worm is telling them hey this is happening yeah so um the darkness is saying like they these forces are arranging your extinction because they're afraid that you would release us that that you have the potential to gain our power uh now by nature of the dark being its manipulative self and believing that when you know the chips are down things will always turn to the power of the dark to survive i wonder if the darkness didn't align the moons itself that's like that's the other half of the coin, right? Like that's the other half of the argument. Who's to say it wasn't the darkness to say, "Hey, we're going to cause this to to make this series of events to to have that." Now that to me leads a level of paracausality. That's where it comes back to paracausality because that well, the... that means that they are actively changing the fate of this world and changing the fate of the the krill of the osmium court to actively help itself to keep to to break to break free of this prison that they're in so i'm gonna i'm gonna offer a bit of a alternative perspective 
God damn um, it. It's going to be the better we, one too. Yeah. We know, we know <laughs> that these, these worm gods, uh, or at least they're saying they are the ones that have been drawing other species have, have been crashing other planets into fundament. So they have a means to pull a planet and make it crash into fundament. Uh, even in their prison, even trapped, yep. they are. Now, they've been here for millions of years. Who's to say that this is the first syzygy that has happened on this planet? Who's to say that they haven't done this hundreds of thousands of times before, expecting that eventually the end of the world is going to force one of the races they've crashed into the planet to find them. God damn it. And it's a, it, it may not be paracausal we, in well, that they so have. Then, so then that, God damn it. Because that makes more sense because, because of fucking course it does. Cause the, the, the damn it myth, the, the <laughs> ship that they come across that it was a used ship. Yeah. God damn it. <laughs> Of another civilization, of and another it was a ship that, that it was a ship specifically to designed to, to burrow damn into the planet. Yes. This is why so you get paid more. I don't, yeah, <laughs> nothing times a hundred is still nothing. <laughs> uh, <laughs> if I crit on a zero attack, <laughs> I'm technically crit, but it's still zero. <laughs> Shit. Uh, you know you're not wrong but yeah <laughs> <laughs> but uh but no i think that i think that's exactly it especially from the the spaceship by being of a old ancient technologically savvy people uh, right like that yeah they they have I, been doing this over and over and over until waiting until something comes they down get somebody that is desperate enough and has the means to actually find them in search of the power they need to prevent it from happening. So, so then to me, that's, that absolutely says that fundament is a prison and it, and it was designed to keep them trapped and they, but now just because they're trapped doesn't mean that they can't uh, exert their influence on things. So that they are actively bringing these pl- planets into fundament to try to get something to eventually get down to them. And by nature of being immortal, time is nothing to them, right? Like we talked about that too, of, of you know, a, a minute is is a minute compared to a year, compared to a millennia. If you're immortal, it doesn't matter. You just sit there and wait mm-hmm. it out, right? So that's like, that's, I, I, I think Fundament was a, I think Fundament was a prison. I, I think you're right. And looking back at what the Leviathan said about it, now that I'm thinking about this more, um it says sky builds gentle places safe for life beloved fundament refugee of refuge of trillions the sky treasures this rich place well okay i I was i thought that read a little differently it's half it's half and half right like like the leviathan being a third party is looking at this as 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 an outside entity of saying okay well this is this is how i see it but then the worm gods are describing this directly as a prison. Like we can't get out of here. We can exert our influence and, and we can wait, you know, we can wait it out until something comes and finds us, but we have no means 
of escaping this be it the gravity of this 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 planet like like where now is when they say trapped is it a prison or is it like because of where they're at in the planet they are trapped there because they physically can't leave right like is it is it a gravitational pull that is preventing them from leaving the center of the of the planet like is it is it less of a prison out of being built as a prison and more of a prison in the in the sense that they just they just can't get out so here's a theory which oh damn it you, comes to me theory. as i as i reread uh specifically because of the capitalization so um that line for millions for millions of years we have been trapped slash growing in the deep capital d uh from across the stars we have called life to fundaments so that it may contend against extinction uh i wonder so we we know that the only way that tr- so far the only way that people can travel to and from our plane of existence to the deep is via singularities that's how the taken pop in and out is through singularities little yep. little mini ones um if they're saying they're trapped in the deep then perhaps they literally mean that they are they are trapped in the deep the place they they can't escape this the realm of of the darkness the realm of of the deep and there is a singularity in the middle of fundament that they can potentially come through, but they don't have the means to do it without help from the outside. So I'm going to take that theory a step further. What if there is a black hole at the center of this planet? And, and the gravitational gravity. That's what I'm getting at, right? Like the gravitational pull of this black hole is enough to keep this thing as a, as a gas giant but is is so great that it you know if something falls off one of these continents it literally just falls to the bottom so maybe maybe this is water maybe it is a continent of water or something you know maybe it's maybe it's maybe the or not a continent maybe it is a planet of water a gas giant of water or something like that like that it's or maybe maybe it's a liquid helium right like that we yeah. when they talk about the helium drinkers maybe they are literally just drinking the ocean and they're losing their minds to it because they whatever but you know it, it, what 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 would it take to keep a planet of liquid helium in a, in a, in a continuous cohesive state, right? Like what, what, what prevents, what prevents it from it just, you know, evaporating off into nowhere land, right? Like that's it. A lot of this seems like there could just be a black hole in the center of fundament. You're looking yeah. up the temperature. What is it? <laughs> maybe yeah you are <laughs> um god damn it because science damn it science damn it it's there when it's convenient for them exactly uh, exactly and not because video game i refuse to believe because video game <laughs> there's always a science for it so liquid helium At the temperature of negative 452 degrees Fahrenheit is where helium 
is uh, in its liquid form. Hmm. It might be might be a little cold. Maybe a little cold. Oh, maybe that's maybe that's why you fall in and you just turn into an ice block. That I mean, (laughs) that's this is like a lot of this seems like it could be a thing. So okay, so now I need that conversion over to um over to Celsius. You said negative fourth. Uh yeah, so it is uh negative two hundred and sixty nine degrees Celsius. Two hundred sixty nine. Okay. Uh so subtract. So now convert that over to Kelvin. Four point one five. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Dick. Just <laughs> move the decimal t- twice, right? Like that's. I don't know. Wikipedia has it listed. In oh all God, damn it. <laughs> I, I thought you literally were just like, yeah, I already, I already knew where you were going with this. So eat a bag of dicks like that. And nope. Freaking, freaking Wikipedia. Uh, so sorry. Four point. Say that again. Four point one five. So zero Kelvin is absolute zero. Yes. Like that, that is, is the that is the point that is where the, molecules stop moving. That's the theoretical point where entropy is no longer increasing. So I mean, this we're talking like just above that. Four Kelvin above it. Four point one five Kelvin above it, to be exact. For 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 helium to be in a liquid state. Yes. That's that's nuts is cold for sure so not not just that i mean that that just leads credence to like there is no sun right like there's there's no sun on this planet there or there's this planet this, this gas giant has no form of heat uh, of any of any source well that, that's assuming that their ocean is made of helium we don't have that's any information true. to true. I'm making a lot of assumptions that. here i am making a lot of assumptions here but i i mean i'll i, I like to believe in assumption every now and then it's a bad idea, but I can do it. <laughs> say, so let's let's get a little bit back to the. Yeah, the I was going to say we're, but we're we're pushing our time limit now. Uh, uh, they're what, they're trapped what, in some fashion. They they specifically state they are trapped in the deep capital D. So yeah. in one way or another, they are in the plane, the deep, the the location. Yeah. Um. And they believe that these these Krill sisters can get them out. Uh, they offer a bargain to each of them, a symbiosis. They say, take into your bodies our children, our newborn larvae. From them you shall obtain eternal life. From them you will gain power over your fragile flesh. The power to make of it as you will. And should you find an imperfection in the world, an injustice, or an inconvenience, you will have the power to repair it. Let no mere law bind you. We ask one thing in exchange, O princes. You must obey your nature forever. In your immortality, Arash, you may never cease to explore and inquire for the sake of your children. In your immortality, Shiro, you may never cease to test your strength. In your immortality, Sathona, you may never abandon cunning. If you do, your worm will consume you. And as your power grows, O princes, so will your worm's appetite. 
but we offer eternity, Arash. We offer you a chance at the universe. Would you deny your people infinity? Reach up to me and let my flesh be your sacrament. Uh, so th this is just the terms of the contract, essentially. I, yeah. uh, you know, you will take into you a one of our our larvae, uh, one of our newborns. They will live inside e your body, and grant you immortality for as long as you follow your true nature. Gross. <laughs> uh. Which now, that, that, I see that to me see that well so that that to me says a lot about uh uh, uh Zebra Wrath, right? Like it, it we've always questioned like why is why is she starting this war with everything? She has to. Yeah. By nature of her worm, she has to keep warring. Like she can't she can't stop warring, even if that means destroying her sisters. Like that's mm -hmm. that's just that is her nature. You you may never cease to test your strength. Uh I find it interesting for Sathona in your immortality, you may never abandon cunning. I don't know that that's her real motivation anymore, that that's her true nature. I think her true nature is survival at all costs. Uh, and that in there lies the cunningness. Like what, what, what is her, what is, what does well, cunning and, mean to her? Right? Like is, is cunning literally just, I, I am out, I am outwitting something in front of me to live longer? Like, is that, I mean, maybe it, it, so. a lot of breakdowns um, in the term cunning. Like I almost wonder if she's kind of pulled one over on the hive gods, even at this point, uh, by making them believe that her nature is, is cunning, uh, or they are intentionally, uh, binding her to her true nature. If it is, Is survival at all costs be having a worm that will eat you <laughs> if you don't follow your true nature uh like they they would be that i putting really like that in... thinking of it i really like that i kind of, of see uh the it's 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 a silly analogy, but I kind of see the worm gods in the sense as like a renaissance. Uh, oh, absolutely. They, they are making, they are making a deal, uh, a deal that seems too good to be true in a lot of ways with these, these entities saying, we will give you everything. You will have immortality. You will have power. No laws nice will bind you. You'll right. They're like, Hey, you'll have plasma. You'll have all these wonderful things. You just got to sign on the dotted line. And That's they are the, the worm gods are the salesmen knowing or, or betting knowing that it's a that 45% interest rate. Yeah. Yeah. Betting on it, the fact it that only costs you a cup people... of coffee a week. <laughs> yeah. Just, that's just uh... rude. <laughs> You're not yeah, wrong, but it's just so, it's just rude. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's exactly are, what it is. Uh, I think the worm gods are are very much trying to use them as tools. They are offering them this betting on the fact that they will eventually fail, but by the time they do, the worms will have already gotten what they wanted out of them. Yeah, they will. They will um, have been able to free themselves. Like, and that's that's it's it's interesting to me that maybe not free themselves, but they will be free. Yes. 
that's and I, I think that's the ultimate goal of the worms like or not not necessarily the ultimate goal of the worms but at this point in time them being trapped where they are they they want to be free they want to be no longer trapped and so that's that's the whole point of them waiting all these years and waiting all this time for something to come down to to even attempt to communicate with them to to even start trying to to do this process of hey you know we'll give you we'll give you immortality we'll give you all the time you want all the time you 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 think you need but it you know by nature of immortality we're just going to sit here and wait you know like that's i i i'm i'm coming to i guess coming to terms maybe isn't the right word or isn't the right phrase but i'm really digesting this thought that the worms are trapped in the deep i i still keep coming I I think I, it I think it is literally I, and again I keep using the term prison but it's 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 prison in the sense that like they can't escape it's 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 not necessarily a a jail prison right like it's not like an Alcatraz island thing it's it's more of a a prison of I have no means of escaping this even if it's paradise it is still a prison. Like it, it's still, I have no means of getting away from this. Well, and I, I'm shifting my perspective a little bit. Uh, so I don't necessarily believe as, as I'm thinking about this, I don't necessarily believe that the sky built fundament to be a prison for the worms. Okay. Because the worms are not in our plane of existence. They're in the deep. Ah, I don't think uh, we we've kind of been operating under the idea here with a lot of the theories we've thrown around regarding this, their you know how they're stuck. Um, we've been operating under the idea that they were put in the deep to be their prison. I don't necessarily know that that's true. The deep might be where they originated from. They may be entities that formed in the deep, the place that came from that realm. And it's not that they're they're trapped in the deep as in they were thrown in there and, and you know someone locked the door and threw away the key, but it might be more in the sense that that's where they came from, but they're trying they know there's something else out there and they're trying to get to it. They're trying to get to our realm because they know it offers opportunities that, that their realm does not. Holy shit. What? Why do you get all the good ideas? <laughs> I just that's I'm I that is starting to be more more of my way of thinking now too. I I think you're right. I think that it is I I I think you yeah, I think you you really hit it on the head there. I I I think that because so cuz like we don't have an actual reference of the time from the ship went to the Leviathan to now they're talking to the worms. It could have passed no. through some sort of plane. Like it could have passed through something. It Hell, it could have gone through an ascendant realm, like like you know, it could have gone through a singularity in in the middle of this planet, and they are now on mm-hmm. the other side of it. Or or the the worms could be projecting themselves through the singularity, right? Like they could still be trapped on the other side of the singularity, and they're just using a projection of themselves. Like, Savathun herself uses a thrall in a black hole to impersonate, you know, uh, and herself to, to to talk to Nacris. Like that's. These, that is not a far-fetched idea that they are literally just projecting themselves. Mm-hmm. 
that that's kind of where I'm at at the moment. I don't think that they were imprisoned there. I think that that just happens to be maybe you know maybe it's some like cosmic comedy or maybe uh, through some intentional means that planet happens to be the place where they can force their way through out of the deep into our world to like a gateway do type thing whatever they want with it yeah like that planet just so happens to be the gateway and maybe maybe fundament was built on top of that gateway to try and prevent it from ever being opened um but is that still could, i mean that could be the other half of it too right like that that could be but, the light side of it like if if you're looking at it from the light side thinking of the light as trying to always out outplay the darkness and out out trick the darkness to say well, I'm just, you know, I know this is how you can get in and out of this existence. I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna build a planet around it. Sucks to suck. Yeah, and I'm gonna make it a sanctuary, and it's gonna be a, a refuge for a life. Paradise. Uh, Maybe not paradise. Refuge is a better. Yeah. Because yeah. <laughs> from the sounds of it, it's not, it's not a very nice it's paradise. Not paradise. It's definitely a refuge. But like <laughs> when, when the options apparently were either extinction or continue existing in, in fundament, like it, I guess from, from a certain perspective, like that is the more desirable outcome is to end up on yep. fundament. Um, but we don't, we don't truly know who's putting them there because we now have two different, you know, the sky or the Leviathan saying the sky has been, putting refugee races here and now the worm saying we have been pulling refugee planets we've been pulling planets facing extinction to us to give them power uh so we we don't know who's who's been kind of pulling the strings on how things get there absolutely uh, it's very very much two 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 people telling the same story it's it's it comes back to that you know like which version of history do you believe type thing it's it's mm-hmm. the, you know, is a man a, a liberator or, or is he a tyrant? You know, like it, like. Well, it, that, that's an important point. We are reading the books of sorrow as written by Oryx and the hive. Yeah. Like this, this, this is literally how they are interpret that, how they have seen this, this, this thing. So, so they could have even seen the, they could have seen the, the Leviathan talk to them as a, it, although we think of it as a third party, they could have seen it as like, oh well, he really likes the sky. He must be of the sky, or he must be, you know, a a, a champion of the sky, or or a, or a, maybe not a champion, maybe a cheerleader of the sky, or something. You know, like like it, it, we're seeing this story as told from a, from different points of view type thing. Like that's it. That's that's genuinely mind blowing. And on that note, I think that's where we're going to end it for tonight. That is, I was, I was going to say, of, is it? That's all of the. Uh, I, I don't know if book one is the right term, verse but one. all of all of verse one's passages. So that's that's verse one one through verse one nine. Yes. So the next is verse two, um, when when we pick things up, and these most of verse two. Uh, are much shorter, so I expect we'll get through those uh, a decent amount quicker than what we did with verse one. Although, who knows? <laughs> I was going to say, if we keep going on these deep topics, man, like, I mean, w- the last two episodes, like that last episode and this episode, I had so many moments of like, well, shit, or, you know, like that, 
you know, it, there's so much here to be digested, right? Like this, this is just, it, 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 with all this being just verse one, right? Like this is just like the beginnings of the krill. Like they, they, at, at this point in time, they still aren't even hive, right? Like they've just started the oh. bargain and they're still not even hive. Like, <laughs> nope. Uh, the the three sisters have been offered the bargain for immortality uh from the the worms and uh now we just have to await their their response but spoil spoilers they they do it uh <laughs> damn it man we had one shot no uh <laughs> that's why we've been shooting a whole lot of hive in the head for about seven years now so literally that's literally it that's the whole yeah um okay well shit i guess on, on that note i'll put the mush that is my brain back into one congealed form <laughs> and try to try to come up with some thank yous um let's see uh my first thank you goes to the leviathan for wanting to be the the warner of the the warning beacon like the hey i'm just gonna tell you some facts and then i'm gonna walk away like I mean that that to me is the the true like that that's definitely neutral neutral right like that's that's neither mm-hmm. that's like it's like that is the true neutral neutral of just stating facts and then just walking away like no no hey if you do this da 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 like that's giving influence right by by nature of of saying if you th- if this then this that is that is a a a kind of influence type thing so for it to just say well X is X and then just walk away. Like that's, that's, thank you for being so logical, uh, Mr. Leviathan, uh, and so neutral. Uh, thank you, Worm Gods, for being exactly what you are and what I still believe that you are is giant dragons, serpent things. Um, there's got to be, thank, thank you, science. Oh, thank you, science. For giving us absolute zero, I keep. I think I've thanked science every week now, but it's it's fine. I'm going to thank science anyway. Uh, thanks Google for 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 having uh, um, ratios of uh, gravity between Earth and Saturn and Jupiter, so we could have a better understanding of density and mass and gravitational pulls. Um, I, I'm giving a non thank you. So this is what are, what's the opposite of a thank you? Uh, that just be a fuck you. <laughs> I mean, I don't All know. Right. If, I don't know if that exactly translates ungratefulness, but <laughs> <laughs> I like I like that. I'm I'm giving an unthank you uh, to Bungie for not giving us a gravitational reference for fundament. That's all I wanted. I just want a gravitational reference. That's all I want. Give me some sort of like. Tell me that this is this is oceans of helium, and then then now we have a reference point. That's all I need. Um, yeah, thank you, Google, for for helping us with that. Oh man, um, as always, uh, thank you, Alpha, for introducing us uh, and for for starting the our shenanigans tonight. Uh, and thank you, Myth, for leading this 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 train. Like this is as as much as as much as we kind of like decide like. Are we doing a, a episode on this? Are we doing an episode on that? I, I have a tendency to throw ideas out, but Myth has truly been leading this 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 
books of sorrow train and it's been absolutely phenomenal like i i it's a fun one to lead i absolutely love this one like i i owning owning the owning the grimoire and then cracking it open every once in a while and reading a passage here too is completely different experience than what we're doing right now like when we're starting at the beginning and we're reading them through page by page and finding the things like this is capitalized this is how they're talking like this this is and breaking like doing this analysis of it doing this breakdown of it is what that's that's what i truly see this 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 podcast as is that we're not we're not necessarily just telling a story right like we're it's it's myths and stories right so we're 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 telling mm-hmm. stories and we're breaking down different types of myths we're we're I, I know i have a tendency to make a lot of assumptions here like you know well this is an ocean of this so it's got to be this oh well we're not specifically told that so we can't specifically assume that and so I, that's that's I, I i like that that's that's definitely um i i absolutely love that so again thank you miss uh for being being here to help me and uh, better understand the the world of destiny and 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 to help all of our listeners, all 12 of them, I think. <laughs> well, and thank you, Zor, for continuing to send reminders on Monday nights so that I totally don't forget that we have something going on. <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah. So I, <laughs> normally I send them out at like noon. Definitely did not send this out five minutes before we're supposed to start and go, oh, shit. I got a thing I got to do. <laughs> Yeah, but but I think it came together okay. And actually, uh, I have a, uh, I guess, slightly early Christmas gift announcement thing. Um, I say, in it, it's gearing up that in December, uh, possibly latest would be January, but hopefully December, uh, in time for Christmas, uh, we will have all of our previous episodes uh, re-uploaded on Podbean. Uh, and those will be available for at least uh, a year. Get the um, fuck out of here. All the way from, I believe it was Sure Ido was the first one that I have recorded in such a fashion that I can post there. Uh, are are we able to go our back? Current one. Are, are we able to go further back and, and, and peel the audio from like the older one like oh my god like what okay now this is new to me <laughs> holy shit all right nope nope now you gotta expand a little bit myth so yeah essentially it just comes drop a bomb at the end of the episode and walk away <laughs> neutral neutral well, just yeah, gonna no, walk away yeah just walk away <laughs> just walk away leviathan be that way uh no just essentially it comes down to we have the ability through podbean to uh self-fund a uh they they have a a yearly cost that you can toss in uh that will allow you unlimited hosting for that for that calendar year Um, so we're gonna go ahead and uh or i'm I'm gonna go ahead and do that uh that way we can have all of our episodes hosted for anyone that wants to listen at any time um like i said at least from sheer ido on uh we run into some difficulties collecting the others because we were on very different setups at the time very uh, different <laughs> re- recording off of technically i was stripping audio off of a youtube stream that eclipse was doing uh that audio is neither great nor complete or uh complete in most cases there are many times where one of us 
didn't have comms set to record. So they're kind of poopy episodes, but I enjoy them. <laughs> they're they're not the greatest. Uh, so I, I don't know. I'll have to see what I can do there. Um, well, but we do cool, man. We do still have a lot of good good content, even omitting our our earliest stuff. Uh, and you know, I think I think our our earliest one of note that I think uh, would really have a lot of um, a lot of relevance would be the Marasena. I think they uh, the Marasena. Like I think part one we did really well, and then part two I tried to do it from my son's PlayStation and forgot to set it to record. So part two there's and, like and we lost some audio. Yeah, no audio for me. <laughs> and then and I want to say like two weeks later, like Mitch had no audio for some reason. So, yeah. It was, it was yeah. We we are very much professionals at this. Oh, we're profe- uh, We know what we're doing now. We have all the pre-show checks and all that jazz. But yeah, so worst case, we we may and we may want to anyway. Uh, depending on how the end of season of the loss goes, that might be an opportunity to re uh, maybe go through Marasena with with some some new eyes, uh, and also have a good solid recording of that content. We'll see, but. Yeah, so that that will be coming. Um, like I said, should be December. Uh, at the very latest, it will be January. Sweet, awesome. Well, cool. Well, then on that joyous early Christmas present note, <laughs> uh, we'll give a quick. Um, uh, this week is Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving to anyone that's listening uh, to this prior to Thursday, um, and anyone in in the international. Area. I I I. I, I I still think that Thanksgiving is a U.S. holiday, but it, I mean, they may celebrate Thanksgiving in other places. I don't know. Um, Thanksgiving, as we know it, is very much a U.S. holiday. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, but hey, if you just like picking a random day out of the year and eating a bunch of turkey and chicken and calling and 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 ham and calling it a way to give thanks, then we'll call it that Thanksgiving. Uh, so yeah, so happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Um, hope everyone has a good holiday weekend. Uh, and of course, with I, I, I hope that everyone has a has a really good a really good holiday and really good weekend. Um, so yeah, uh, Miss any 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 last any last words? No, I think I got all my announcements out of the way. <laughs> say that very threatening, like very very <laughs> dirty hair. Any last words, Pilgrim? Yeah, no. Um, okay, yeah, no. Uh, well, in that case, uh, from all of us lore nerds, uh, to all of you guardians out there, uh, we'll see you next week.